Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to an elegant weapon episode 421. Thank you so much for coming along for this crazy journey, 420 episodes. I hope you enjoyed our 420 special. It was a lot of fun to do and uh, a long time coming. And once again, thank you so much to Mr. Kevin Smith for providing us with the intro for that 420th episode. Uh, so cool of him to do. Uh, as anybody who's been listening to the last few episodes, they know that recently at Gotham Central Comics and Collectibles, we had Kevin Smith Day, which was super, super groovy. Uh, basically, Kevin Smith was in town for the premiere of Clerks 3 at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre, downtown Toronto. And Miss Joey, the girl from Gotham, uh, she made a few things happen. Uh, and there have been a few connections that have developed within our community around here lately. Uh, and we're going to get a little bit into that tonight. Basically, she went to our good friend, Mr. Andrew Thomas. If you're all familiar with Andrew, uh, you've been familiar with the community for a very long time because Andrew's been kicking it for a while now with Auric uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff we're going to get into. Um, so she went to our good friend Andrew Thomas because Andrew Thomas is now the letterer for Source Point or sorry, Source Point. Obviously, all these S's may get a little confusing tonight, kids. You'll have to forgive me. Secret Stash Publishing, of course. Kevin Smith's new imprint. Uh, yeah. So that's very exciting news. So uh, we knew he was coming here and she went to Andrew and Andrew pointed her in the right direction. And that right direction turned to be our very good friend, Mr. Michael Zapsik, who has uh, graciously graced uh, our show with his presence a few times himself. Mike's a very cool guy. Uh, and these days, Mike is kind of handling Kevin Smith's appearances and such. Uh, so they made it happen. And Gotham Central. uh award nominated uh gotham central eisner award nominated gotham central this year uh got to have a little kevin smith day and my gosh it was so much fun and joining us tonight the man himself ladies and gentlemen our very good old friend mr andrew thomas andrew welcome to the show thanks so much for having me jay how are you i'm good man i'm excited it's been such exciting times for you uh, this has been a crazy year. Um, kind of yeah, started yeah. in Calgary, uh, where I think is where the ball really got rolling, which uh, seemed to be a very special show for a lot of people this year. Um, it was just one of those magical weekends that went down uh, where a lot of cool stuff happened for a lot of people, despite the source point tragedy that we won't speak of that everybody's heard enough about. That weekend still turned out to be fantastic um so andrew you've been on the show here and there over the years it's usually been convention conversation uh i don't mm -hmm. know and i honestly my mind blanks out i don't know if we've ever had a proper sit down like this or not we very well might have we very well might not I have don't think so I, I think yeah it's like you said it was only the you know the convention chats and you know the quick promo and just the kind of like you know keeping up to speed and see what's new and exciting and, and and all that but no i don't think we've actually had a sit down like this before 
Well, what's great about these sit downs is we can actually get into the origin story of uh, of things, um, which I've oh, never yes. had the opportunity maybe, maybe. to do with you. So let's go back. Let's get in our way back machine, Andrew. Uh, I know. I know of you as a former and longtime Mississauga resident. Uh, is that where, is that where <laughs> you were? Right. Bo- is that where you were born and raised? Yeah, born and raised in Mississauga at uh, Credit Valley Hospital, and uh, which is funny. That's where all three of my children have also been born, and that's where my wife currently works at. So it's been a. Uh, it's kind of like the the unofficial epicenter of our family, I suppose. And um, yeah, I. And I, you know, lived in the same general area of uh, uh, Mississauga Valley and, and Central Parkway uh, for all my life. And I just happened to meet my wife at the McDonald's at Central Parkway Mall, who was the manager there. And uh, and we started dating and which is funny enough, is exactly the plot of Clerks, too. Oh, my so, God, that's freaky, and, man. <laughs> and once we and once I actually made the connection to that, I actually told Kevin <laughs> and, and he's like, you you got to be kidding me. And he actually uh, recorded uh, a uh, like a like a small video uh, shout out for our, our 12 uh, year anniversary just this past August. And he, you know, he mentions that. And it's just funny. We got a real kick out of that but that's that kinda, yeah. very sweet I, I saw that you posted that i saw that that was very sweet that was just a little snipper there was a, there's a lot more there was i think that there was like a two three minute video in total but yeah we i just kind of cut it for social media but um yeah and then it wasn't really until recently just last year that we just decided to leave and <laughs> just go find a place that's a little quieter and a little more affordable and that's where it led to to Brantford, which also has Kevin Smith Smith ties, so it's just it's funny how coincidental my life kind of starts syncing up with different Kevin Smith events, and it's getting freaky to a point. So, um, so uh, yeah, because he he he's come here uh, uh, many times to to be part of the uh, the Walter Gretzky Street Hockey Tournament, right? Um, and there's a whole league that's just dedicated to the VSQ. Like they have a bunch of different teams, like the uh, was it the the Salsa Sharks or something? And then there's like <laughs> Golgothans, and there's a lot of uh, uh references to it yeah so no, it's it's pretty cool um in that regard but uh but yeah no we, we've been here for the last year and it's been nice and quiet you know it's it's uh it's cool to hear of those like you know those kind of timeline connections i i myself not not born in i was in st Catharines till i was nine but then i moved to mississauga and that's where this I spent the rest of my, you know, formative years. And I, in fact, went older, though, early 20s. I lived on Mississauga Valley Boulevard at one point. And, you know, I've been oh, all no around. Miss- oh, yeah, I've been all around Mississauga. You know, the the complexes right there, um, right at Mississauga Valley Boulevard. You know where the tennis courts are right off of yeah, uh, yeah. here, Ontario? Yeah, the, those those units in there. Yeah, I used to rent a basement apartment in those units there. Oh, no way. Because I worked at uh, Coliseum at Square One for a couple of years. Uh, oh, did you really? Yeah, I was a manager at the movie theater. At, uh, but I, w- I worked at that theater too. Really? I was there in yeah. 99. 99, like 98 to like 2000. Uh, okay, yeah. That was, was, that was before it, it was Empire, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, well, so not, the I... one, no, not the one in like actual, you know, the Coliseum, like the separate building. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, yeah, that's where I worked, and I, actually, it was very oh, cool because okay. uh, I was there when uh, working there when Phantom Menace was released, and that oh, was no like way. the last of the great lineups. That was the last of the, <laughs> uh, you know, when like helicopters were flying overhead because people like literally had to wait in line for three days, you know. And I met oh, my man. wife, my former wife, working there, and one of the things her and I bonded over was Kevin Smith. Because we were big, you know, Kevin Smith fans. Uh, just mm-hmm. you know, all we had was the movies back then. So I know your area well. I know your old haunting, and I know the Central Parkway McDonald's. And it, it <laughs> it's very very cute and awesome that that worked out uh, that way for you. Because you know him being a hero of yours, and you know Ralph Garman, which he does mm-hmm. Hall- Hollywood Babylon. I yeah. got I got separated at the same time i got fired from a long career at the same time i had a kid at the same time like for like the past decade my life has like mirrored ralph garman's like step by step (laughs) (laughs) as things have gone along the way so i understand that 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 connection and how it can be so meaningful you know how bizarre man that's that it's 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 so funny you know you know when you you know kind of make those those connections and then they're just like wow it's the you, you're you're thinking oh it, this can only happen to me but it's it's crazy how really small and insignificant like we we or we are we're part of the this greater you know this greater network that we're really unaware of so it's yeah it's these the little the little little moments that you know that i call them they just kind of cling on to and yeah, it's makes magical. you feel uh, absolutely <laughs> makes you feel magical. good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is what you know. All of Kevin Smith's art is basically based on. So, and it makes sense. And again, we're so lucky to be some from such a vast community of of talent and wealth of uh, opportunity here in Southern Ontario. So, yeah, when does the art start for you? Whether it's uh, comics or, or you know, are you drawing it's... before you're into comics? How does it start as a young yeah, lad? Your yeah, crea- it... your creative out output it definitely that was the guy in class in class in school that always draw drew and and i was always drawing and always getting in trouble for drawing and uh you know doodling on any scrap of paper that i could uh, you know and um yeah that i as a kid i wanted to be a cartoonist and like i knew i wanted to, to to work for disney like that was one of my childhood aspirations was to work for disney be a cartoonist i i, I loved animation i loved you know just all things cartoons and so that was kind of like the, the i guess the plan as a kid so like i was drawing you know everything and and, and I, I remember i would take like these um i used to go to portugal every year because where my where my mom's from and um and yeah and i and i my family was very encouraging uh, uh you know for me and they were um always you know trying to give me the the tools or the you know the what i needed to to kind of continue pursuing like they were they were very encouraging my family and um i, I remember even on the on the, the flights over like I, I take these these empty journals or these uh uh like sketchbooks i guess that they weren't necessarily sketchbooks but they were just like uh like a stitched or like a, a stapled journal with blank paper even though so i guess it was kind of a sketchbook uh and i would uh, it was like a seven hour flight and i would 
redraw the comics i would redraw like because i was at the time very big into dragon ball and and so i would redraw panels or play you know the the story you know as i remember them and and drawing comics out of it so i'm just like kind of as to pass the time you know i'm basically recreating the the not the manga but like the show from from my head so it's just like you know very crudely drawn you know characters and and uh and and you know writing the the words and the speech bubbles and all that you know just don't because i wanted to there was nothing i mean there was really nothing else for me to do um but that's that's something i remember uh very vividly vividly doing and um yeah so it wasn't really until uh um after high school uh, i took a year off and i actually i went right into working security so I uh, I already ha- I already had met my wife at the time, and um, and I was working security. And after a year, I decided to go to um I to college for game design. But I, that was you know I just finally decided to you know make a decision, and uh, and I was looking at the cost was also a factor, and I didn't necessarily also wanted to you know take out a student loan or anything. So I, I kind of found. A program that was you know that was for me that actually taught just more than animation or graphic design so i went into game design and they there you're learning about you know animation you're learning about programming audio engineering you know all kinds of things and it was about a i went it was a private college um out of toronto and which was only about a 14th month course and by the time you know when we get to the end of it um I was feeling pretty discouraged because they're, they're, you know, the instructors are they're telling us, oh, yeah, you know, if you're looking for a job in, in the game industry, uh, it's mainly all programming. And if you're, you know, not proficient in, in the language, then you might as well be looking for something else. And so I'm like, oh, OK, well, that's discouraging and made me uh, I'm like, OK, maybe this is not the direction I want to go. So I kind of pivoted back to illustration and and uh and comics and those i read a lot of comics in high school so i just started you know really that i think that was also the around the time that we i did a deep dive into also collecting comics because i wasn't a big collector so it wasn't until the new 52 dropped that i decided to you know really start collecting and that's when i really started paying attention to the creative teams like scott snyder and greg capullo and their run of batman was like my one of my like the my favorite thing that was like the best classic at the time was yeah yeah and waiting every month and reading all the tie-ins and just really looking at like studying this his the the art so when they came out with the unwrapped version of court of owls which is just it it, it's just greg capullo's pencils uh with the words like no inking no coloring i'm like oh my god like this was like the best that was the best purchase ever it's just oh my god looking at the craft and looking at listening to um Kevin's podcast, Batman on Batman, and he literally and he had a couple of uh, episodes where he sat down with uh, with Greg Capullo. Yeah, and those were such good episodes. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, and, and, and when we were talking to uh, Jeff Loeb, and and when when you're um, really dissecting how uh, you know how long Halloween came about, and, and like I, I devoured all of it. So uh, it wasn't until about 2013. That I decide to actually go to a con. Uh, it was the we, I go to the actually was it 2013 or was it 2012? 2012 was the, when I I went to Fan Expo, and 
uh, met, and finally met Greg Capullo in person, and we waited three hours in line to go meet him. And he wasn't doing any convention. Um, what's that? Did you get the Iceman print? Was that the year he was giving out the Iceman print? Oh, the Mr. Freeze? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Sorry. Was, why am I saying I waited, Iceman? The Mr. Freeze. I waited yeah. three hours in line, and I got the first one. And it's and it's numbered and signed. I mean, one out of two hundred. I think I have seven. Wow. Okay. I think we must have been close then, dude. Because yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I got there, number man. one. I actually. Pretty sure. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, no, I got I got number one of, of the Mister Freeze print. So that which was pretty cool. And there's a picture of me and my buddy took afterward and, and just me sitting at a table holding it up. And I just look exhausted. I just look completely dead <laughs> after waiting all that. And then also like the adrenaline rush of meeting, you know, your, your comic hero, you know, this, this idol. And, and, you know, we, I went out to him and it's just like, Oh my God, it's you. Hi. Or it was like the, one of the first times I ever like truly fan gushed at any celebrity right um and uh, yeah and he's like oh let's take a picture and uh, he you know puts his arm around me and he like almost like pretending to you know the the, the fake <laughs> choke out and uh it was a blast it was i got to meet him again i think twice more um over the years but yeah i think it was the year after was when i decided to uh a table at my first convention which was at um niagara falls Oh really? Uh, Niagara Falls. Yeah. So what did you have that you were taking? I had I think at the time I was I was working on just, you know, prints, just, you know, a couple of uh, you know, uh pinups and uh, of I had like the my, my very first one was a my own take of uh Detective 20 uh Detective Comics 27, you know, Batman with a thug and instead of the two guys in the foreground, they're actually in the background. So like it was just my take on that classic cover. Uh, and uh, so I had a few prints okay. and a couple of sketch covers, and that was it, I think, if my memory serves correctly. And you didn't um, know anybody in the community at the time? You were just like, hey, no, I heard I of think Niagara Falls Comic Con and decided to just go for it? Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Like, I shared that's it to awesome. like, I split, I split a table with my, with my buddy Nick and, um and we just yeah we went down my wife came down too and we 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 spent the weekend there and just like the first first experience and just yeah and i think i was hooked bitten by the con bug not not that con bug but you know the 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 one where i it was it hooked and that was kind of like the start of like my my you know, not career, but like, oh yeah, your the, career. Of course, your career. What do you? I, mean? I, I, I guess, but like the the start of me going to going to cons and making that a, a regular thing for me. That's so. The, the new fifty two brought me back in as well because I hadn't been in for a few years since I had been like a younger teenager. So, and I feel that because that that Capullo Snyder run, man, that just. uh that changed everything. And I was a big fan of the new 52. I know there was a lot of crap that came out of it, but you know, comics in general needed that shakeup and you know, it happened and it breathed new life into a lot of stuff. And it happened at a time when conventions were blowing up. So that's a great time for you to have like, you know, started jumping into that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And, And, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff that came out of it, but yeah, like the, the entire, you know, Snyder Capullo run is the, you know, the gold standard in, uh, at least for the, for the new 52, as far as I concerned. But, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of how, 
that started and I knew right from the get-go that I wanted to produce my own comic and um I wanted to, to draw my own and uh you know I, I kind of knew early on that like I don't just want to be you know a, a print artist I don't want to be like I don't I actually want to pursue I actually want to you know you know you know dip the toe and in, into uh indie comics and yeah. and the first indie indie comic I uh that I ever published it only came out a year later and it was called Post Human and it was basically my a post apocalyptic interpretation of Inspector Gadget. Okay. It was like a it was a great yeah it, it, it I was always a fan of Inspector Gadget and I always had like that you know thought in the back of my head I'm like what if you know you did you took Inspector Gadget and, you know did a dark gritty reboot post apocalyptic hooked up with a writer and you know we kind of made it happen and uh <laughs> that's a and that's a thing it's not called you know and it has there's just the premise of Inspector Gadget but it's not you know actually it's funny now that I'm remembering it. At one point, we actually did try to secure the license so, uh, of Inspector Gadget, and we reached out to the uh, <laughs> to the, the rights holders. Uh, they were in Toronto. I forget the name at the time. They're I think they're Wild Brain now, but um, uh, yeah. So, and we we pitched it to them, and they're like, "This is what we want to do with the license." And they're like, "Ah, no, it's a kid's property. It's too dark." So I'm like, "Oh, nuts!" So, well, nice, nice shot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And, and I remember because they did they did an Inspector Gadget comic, and uh, it was, but it it was literally ripped right out of the original show. And right. I think another reason that they um rejected the pitch was only because they were also working on a relaunch themselves so there was a cgi right um, right reboot of inspector gadget so did you like completely self-publish that yourself or like where'd you get it printed up like how'd you go about that yeah no it was that was indiegogo like we we did a an indiegogo campaign and and we raised like two grand um you know and we printed it through no, yeah, we 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 raised two grand initially f- to I guess cover the production mainly because there was uh, we were working with an inker out of uh, I think he's out of Spain and a colorist out of the U.S. and then we took it to uh, this company called Hound Comics and they're and they're also based in the U.S. and we pitched it to them and, and they liked it and they they carried it for a bit so they took care of the printing and then we I got a bunch uh, nice. up here and. And it didn't, uh, yeah, and and it didn't really go as well because it was it, it got expensive to you know t- um, to buy to buy my own stock. Like I wanted stock for for you know for conventions, and it it, it got too expensive. And and they um, pound wasn't necessarily they weren't pushing the book, so it it was a a, a long you know tiring back and forth with them. So we were like, yeah, you know what, we're it's we're not we're not we're you know it's not worth the effort it's not worth all that so um we kind of just shelved it indefinitely so there was always a plan to do five issues like you know kind of like a little mini series but we never got past the first one so yeah, do you still have copies kind of, of the first one somewhere i I know i have it somewhere. you gotta find it i need to read it <laughs> i need to read and it it's now. <laughs> and it's funny it, it it was also when i was uh doing post human uh i was talking to a lot of people uh kind of i was definitely picking everybody's brain and looking into you know 
how to go about uh, you know creating the the comic and all that which also brings me to lettering so this is definitely the early roots of my my lettering career because it was i think it was doug or peter it was doug at paradise comics and, and he looked at a copy or he looked at like um uh, i think it was a sample sample art that that i was showing to him and i was like talking to the to different shop owners to seeing if they would you know carry the book what's it gonna take you know if they would take it if i can sign and you know that whole bit and uh, he looks at it and he's like oh uh like this art looks good uh, and he, he gives me probably like, the most invaluable piece of advice and he goes make sure when you get to the lettering that you do it properly because if it is absolute dog shit then it is going to completely take the reader completely out of the experience right and i'm looking and i'm like yeah okay wow so i'm just kind of you know thinking about it and then that's when i started you know looking into um people like blambot or comic craft and you know looking at tips on for of lettering so when i get time to letter the the book you know it actually looks somewhat decent and i think even by you know i still and i think it you know it, it isn't half bad um you know for someone who kind of just kind of picked up picked that up uh last minute but um right yeah but that's kind of like where that really started and i started really to look more into it you know and and learn more about the craft of not just you know drawing and you know the 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 craft of, of drawing but also lettering and, and production and you know in like pre-press and getting things ready for printing which is a whole other thing and yeah self-publishing um, pretty much <laughs> yeah pretty exactly self-publishing <laughs> yeah, yeah but like I think the point is, is that not a lot of people really realize how much actually goes into it and then all the different steps. So it's like, oh, my God, I got to do this now. Who told me? Like, no one told me this. And it's discovering. So it was it was a fun bit of uh, it was a fun rabbit hole to kind of go down. And um, and it was roughly it's just funny how events tend to line up, because roughly after that, not a falling out, but just like the we a moratorium that we put on post-human uh it's kind of it's when i met davis davis dewsbury and that's kind of how oric starts and okay so um, where do you meet davis so davis i met through facebook and he reached out to me because he at the time he was the artist alley coordinator for the timmons comic-con okay and he and he reaches out to uh to some artists like he starts making connections and he reaches out to um different artists and ask them if they would like to attend the uh the, you know the artist alley at uh at timmons comic-con you know and which you know for those who don't are not aware but uh it's up no it's about an eight-hour drive from toronto to uh to timmons and yeah it's um, a bit of a trek yeah it is and so one year he reaches out to me this was in 2014 and he he goes oh yeah I've been following your stuff for some time and you know we'd like to you know uh, wanted to reach out and see if you wanted to to come on by and you know for our for our show and and at the time I'm thinking oh man that's I've never driven that far on my own before <laughs> <laughs> I was still I I think I was still fairly no I yeah no I've been driving for quite a bit but like I've never driven that that right. far before. Sure. Um, so 
yeah so i'm like okay cool this is a fun idea and uh and me and david started talking and we're just kind of kicking around some ideas i'm like so i shoot out like hey how about we do something special for the show let's do an exclusive uh let's do an exclusive comic or let's do yeah uh, let's come up with a superhero and do a like you know exclusive comic but uh you know this hero and timmons and he goes actually we already have one we have this character named auric that was actually designed by mike ruth i think one or two years before and and i know who mike ruth was at the time uh and uh and um and i'm like oh okay that's pretty cool and he sends me this picture and it's this this lion headed you know uh beast warrior you know with a bow and arrow and a cape very viking esque you know very you know nordic um influence and he's like oh this is this is super cool and like and one of the first thoughts that occurred to me like huh a, a lion superhero in in canada i'm, I'm like okay <laughs> so yeah um so he's like oh okay we can we use that character and he goes yeah i'll talk to mike and get his blessing and, and you know see if we can do something with that and he comes back he says yeah mike's totally down for you guys to use the character he says he he gave it to the to the show or to the the organizers to to do it as they please so i'm like okay and um uh so then davis uh, asks if I had anybody in mind to write it, I'm like, no, and I'm not going to do it myself. Cause I'm not, I'm not a writer. <laughs> right. Not at all. Um, so Davis, you know, he suggests, he goes, um, well, I, I have a bit of, um, ex- experience in, in writing comics. And, you know, he had this, um, this comic strip that he wrote called EH Joe's. It was a Canadian parody of GI Joe. And, um, and he goes, hey, do you want, mind if I take a crack at it? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And we kind of just kind of like shot some story ideas um, uh, between each other. And he comes back with this 10 page treatment of a (laughs) basically of a quick um, origin of the character, you know, uh, someone who who got his powers in 1912 from this mysterious gas in a mining cave. Uh, So he incorporated the history of tenants into the character, which. Timmins is a very uh was very rich in it was a mining town very rich in in gold and in uh, other uh um other minerals and 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 whatnot so yeah they said hey he's a gold miner he gets his powers and then he gets this um he gets uh his powers from the uh not only the gas but then he um this Inuit goddess appears before him and she gives him the power to control the transformation, and then she basically bestows him, you know, the the mission, his 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 uh, hundred year mission to vanquish the the north of all these, you know, these beasts, you know, um, you know from cool the, the curse of the land kind of thing. So, and 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 being and and Davis was able to you know properly communicate that in ten pages, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this is great. So. We, um, I'm like, okay. So I start coming up with, you know, designs and like, I kind of take, uh, what Mike Ruth did and then I kind of did my own spin on it and, and we set it in the winter, uh, because of course, um, right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, so yes. And then David starts reaching out to, uh, local businesses for, you know, for sponsorships and, 
and then he starts getting uh and then we, when we finally announce the book is coming out at uh at the timmons comic-con he starts getting you know requests for interview for media like ctv northern ontario and cbc radio and all that and, like everybody wants a piece and right <laughs> they actually the C- ctv they actually went around uh, to like like random people of the public and uh, interviewed them and say, hey, this you know Simmons's got a new superhero and there's gonna be a new comic book. What do you think about it? And people are just like, oh yeah, I think it's great. Mm, like, sure, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, sure, take it back by it. But um, <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun to get that and then, and then to see you know our, our picture in the newspaper. You know, on, when the, you know when the weekend come out. So we we printed two hundred copies of it and you know come that weekend they are they all but but sold out and uh and, and davis and i were kind of looking at each other and like wow this that went well this kind of, uh, this, <laughs> yeah, kind of caught fire and like do what do we do next and like oh i guess we'll do it again next year and then i think at some point we're like do, what, should we just do a regular series you know like let's like not let's do an actual org series and right. here we are you know x men <laughs> years later and uh, how many books now? Uh, how many but, books now uh, are there? So it right now, I think we for the the regular series, I think is like it's six books. Um, it's issue zero to issue five. Working on still working on issue six, which was was put put on the back burner only because I got you know so freaking busy, and and uh then we had we had some side stories and then we davis did uh, a couple of other um one shots called no well they're not one shots but like a couple of spinoffs called uh auric a long winter which was a um a black and white silent book that takes place right after Auric gets his powers and it's drawn by um seven different artists so it's like i was uh, gonna say kinda... right because i remember the spinoffs but you guys that's one thing is oryx had a ridiculous amount of people jump on and make cameo uh you know contributions throughout the mm-hmm. years it's yeah. kind of crazy and uh and then just just this past or just this year alone we uh we did um oric a god in plastic which is our uh it's another side book that takes place in world war ii and it's written by Mark Shane Bloom and drawn by Dan Day. And it is probably one of the best org books we've put out. Very cool. And 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 it had nothing to do with us. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> we, we gave it to Mark and Mark, you know, you know, got the ball rolling. And it was like his um he, at the time he wasn't really writing comics uh as much anymore. So he gets this project and him and Davis started talking, you're like, Yeah, I definitely want to write a, a World War II piece. Like he he loves that era. And and so does Dan. Apparently, Dan Day is a machine. Uh, he's a Canadian legend, and he absolutely loves you know drawing. Um, he loves anything that to do with with wartime or anything to do with you know the military. So, and then you know you look you pick up you pick up a copy and you flip through it, and it's just one of the most detailed, articulate, you know, uh, beautiful you know pieces of 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 art that's that you know I have. Right. I've seen in, in a long time and it's just absolutely phenomenal and it's just kudos to him because he pounded it was like 32 30 i'd say 32 pages and he pounded that out in like a month or in a little bit a little bit under a month and it's just that's it's impressive absolutely astounding so right, you know, right. we're very we're very fortunate to you know to, to do that and that was kind of like the 
the it was our way of putting something out while we're still waiting to finish the regular series right and uh and then finally get to trade uh and then finally you know get it in the hands of a proper distribution model and so you haven't done any trades yet you haven't collected any of it yet right yeah okay that's very cool man that's a super cool origin story for an origin story (laughs) so that establishes auric what comes next so um while i'm doing auric um I get a message um, from Tony White. And uh, at the time, Tony was editor at uh, Chapter House, uh, who publishes Captain Canuck. And he reaches out and he's like, hey, do you know how to letter comics? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I letter my own. And he goes, oh, okay, great. Uh, Can I see a portfolio or like a sample? So I send him the PDFs of Auric and I'm like, this is what I've done. He goes, oh, um, if I get you pages of Captain Canuck, could you letter them and then get it to uh, to us, you know, within a couple of days because we're on a super tight deadline? I'm like, oh, my God, like you did like what? <laughs> <laughs> so then I get asked, uh, I'm getting asked to do to do Captain Canuck. And I'm like, OK. And um, and actually, I already had an in because um, I got to do a variant cover for captain canuck issue two which was a store variant for gotham central so carl you know carlos uh he went halves with me and i i I, he bought like you know half the stock and i bought the other half and so um so like i already had an in with sorry i I already kind of knew who people were like i knew who richard comley was and, and and i spoke to him every time i saw him like we would have a nice chat right and um so yeah i get um I get the basically all the the elements and the files from you know from Tony, including their their lettering guide. So I'm kind of like perusing through the past issues to kind of make sure I I get the style right and we'll see what fonts they're using. Everything was actually neatly provided, um, but I'm kind of like looking at the way they're you know the, they're styling the comics, how they're you know doing sound effects or how you know they're uh, approaching. Um, you know, the size of, you know, uh, word balloons and, 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 um, and like the colors that they're using, you know, um, so just kind of like keep it on, keep it on brand. So, uh, yeah, I did, it was like 20 pages and I did it within a couple of days and, um, and I turned it in and they're like, oh yeah, great. Here's the next one. I'm like, oh, okay. So this was issue, the, it was issue 10 was my first and then they gave me issue 11 and uh and then after that it was kind of like hey do you want to be we want to hire you as our in-house uh letterer for all our books we're going to be launching a bunch of new titles like freelance and and phantoma and agents of pack like we've got all the this 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 big catalog of books uh that we that um uh you know that that's we're gonna need we're gonna need you for that and and so i did and that was really it. And that's kind of like how the portfolio started stacking was because of all these books uh, that that they're offering me. And then from there, um, then I guess it becomes a word of mouth situation because um, someone from uh, Joe Books reached out and they said, hey, um, so-and-so recommended you 
uh we do you want to we need a letterer for our disney princess books and i'm like oh my god like disney like the, i'm finally here at disney I mean, right. it wasn't necessarily it wasn't disney directly but um i'm like yeah abs- like absolutely and it was um disney princess was just a, a book of just strips it was just all it was was just just comic strips um featuring you know different disney princess characters and still cool and though i didn't know you did that it, yeah yeah it was a couple i yeah. did a few issues of that one of them happened to be on freak well, it was a free comic book day i think uh, and i think it was 2017 i had three different books come out on free comic book day that i worked on that is awesome uh, <laughs> yeah what was what was the uh the catholic canuck invasion um and then the one was Die Kitty Die and uh, by Dan Parent and Fernando Ruiz. I didn't know you lettered uh, Die Kitty Die as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. Ish, I did volumes two and three. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. That's cool. And um, how did I not yeah, know? Yeah. And then, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I did. Um, yeah. And where was I then? Yeah. And and Disney Princess, those three books came out on Free Comic Book Day, which was pretty cool. I'm like, oh my god, like having one, you know, it was cool enough, but like having three, so it really because it's it really just starts becoming, again, it's all word of mouth because uh, through Fernando Ruiz, I start getting work for Archie, and uh, I get a, an email from uh, Archie's co CEO uh, Nancy Silverclay. I think I'm saying her name incorrectly, but um, she's like, oh, we're developing this um, this new character called Scarlet and she's on the spectrum and we want to start telling stories about her and kind of uh, raise awareness and, 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 and all that. And I'm like, okay. And Fernando was drawing it and then I was lettering it. So we did, it wasn't a uh, ongoing um, series. It was just like mini stories um here and there so i think we did like five or six one of them i happened to ink color and letter them so i was a triple threat on the on book <laughs> nice. yeah over it was yeah it was over fernando's pencil so i'm just like oh, okay wow and um when i got a nice compliment from him he's like wow you you, you did so much better job and you know that this guy i was working with and he completely turned my pencils into dog shit and <laughs> that always feels good so i'm like that's that's yeah it, it was it was a, a nice ego boost that, that was for sure it made me feel good um and so that that was kind of that was kind of uh how it really progressed it was um it was a lot of word of mouth stuff and it kept me plenty busy we're to the point where now i find myself you know um kind of like contemplating like hey i'm doing a lot more i'm doing a lot of work in comics but a lot you know you know but I'm are you working any other jobs during all this no this this it really became my full-time gig um it, okay. because at the chapter house was keeping me was keeping me plenty busy uh and then they also brought me on to do their social media so i was doing i was wearing many hats right uh, over there yeah and uh, there were many hats to be filled <laughs> Yes, uh, we're wearing, wearing many hats there, and it just kept me it kept me plenty busy. Um, and and that's really I kind of found the groove that you know that I was comfortable in. And I'm like, hey, I I'm good at this, and and it's and it just seemed to be where my the road was taking me. So and right. so I'm like, hey, okay, this is cool. I'm 
this is how I break into to comics. It wasn't really by design. It wasn't intentional. It was just like, that's what was needed. And that's where the doors were opening. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this and, and see where it takes me. And um, yeah. And then, so that, that road leads to Kevin Smith. Because How the, the hell like, did it lead to Kevin Smith? <laughs> so before calgary which we, we mentioned earlier so before calgary happened uh, i'm part of the um i'm part of the kevin smith club and one of the uh so he, the, as a member of the kevin smith club you're you're granted access to like a a bunch of podcasts a bunch of a lot of audio um uh, i didn't hear you sorry still can't hear you Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, I must have accidentally turned my mic off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> things happen, kids. Um, yeah, it's basically his Patreon. Um, exactly. It Smith was a, yes, yeah. It's a subscription club. Right. Yeah, it's a you're, you're paying a monthly subscription, and you're 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 getting all kinds of uh, of cool uh, perks. Like you get um, at the level I'm at, you get like a like a T-shirt every quarter. You also get a lot of cool uh, knickknacks um signed by him uh i think just a couple months ago i got a uh a rolling tray and a grinder signed by him (laughs) nice beautiful um and uh yeah so one of the 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 perks uh is this segment called uh, aka ask kevin anything where it's basically a zoom call and we get to meet up with him and he actually gets to we get to talk to him live and uh, one by one we'll ask him a question he answers i mean the thing goes for like two hours and and, and we don't get more than five questions in because of course if you don't know him the man loves to right talk. right so, right <laughs> um so there was a there's a chance uh that I finally got to ask my question and uh and I got in and I was uh, there I was again it was Greg Capullo all over again me you know fan gushing trying to like, you know keep my composure and uh, I'm like oh my god I'm about to talk to Kevin Smith and uh, and um uh, and and even to kind of preface the whole fan club it's it wasn't really until the pandemic, did I actually do a deep dive into Kevin Smith? I mean, I know who he was and I knew uh, of him and I knew something, especially like the, um, the fat man on Batman, like uh podcasts back in the day, like that was the extent really of my knowledge for uh, of him. Like I knew. Oh, really? Of, okay. Um, I know. Yeah. It, like I wasn't a fan from, you know, back in the day, but it wasn't really until the pandemic that I did a huge, like I, I did a deep dive and then it just became now, now I became like, um, it, I don't want to say number one fan, but it's just like all thing, like everything enamored with, with him, with everything he does movie wise, you know, to the comics. And well, just that's the thing is his career has had such an ebb and flow that he's had so many different types of fans jump on at different times. Like I was a yeah. huge fan of his movies, but I wasn't nearly as big a fan of him because I just didn't know him as personally as we're able to know him now. So I was a big fan of his right. movies. They were fun. They were funny. Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back is still like the top third funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> like like one. I said before, my ex-wife was a hardcore view a skew universe junkie. Like she could connect every little fucking Easter egg 
between every yeah, little yeah. one of those movies. She was hardcore. It wasn't until he started podcasting that I that he became like a hero to me. Do you know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like I started this very show because he told me to. He was like, you should all have a podcast. Why aren't you all podcasting? It makes no sense. And I went, okay, Kev. <laughs> and I went in the basement, lit a, lit a joint with my friend and recorded a podcast. And I've been going ever since. And it's all because of, you know, him introducing me to the joy of this medium. So, yeah, like, like I was kind of a Kevin Smith fan. Wife was a huge fan. But then he started podcasting and I just became enamored with the whole damn thing. Like... And you just yeah, get to know yeah. him so well, like the years have faded out, but it was several years of just learning about how much he enjoyed eating his wife's ass. And that alone <laughs> yep, yep. was enough content at the time. So, so I feel you, man, like he, his career keeps changing for, and, and there's always these different jump on points for people because he's trying new things that may pull yeah. in, you know, entertainment it, for well, more and people. It, absolutely. And it was Batman and, and it was, you know, Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder, that that's what really, you know, uh, wrote me in and then i started watching comic book men as well so it's just like i i'm like i'm aware of who he is and i'm aware uh you know of the right. the tie the, the, the ties that he has into into comics and he's a big fan too so you know being as enthusiastic and ex as excited as he is you know you know it, it's like oh my god he's like he's a fan just like one of us so that was very you know refreshing um so so yeah it wasn't until you know the pandemic you know i started watching all the movies and i watched it with my wife and we would always laugh and we'd always be like hey there's jane so and bob like every time they show up it's it's always a, it was a blast so i i decided to be to be part of the club and uh and i got to meet so many amazing people uh through there and um i started doing fan art and posting it and you know, and, and people started, you know, taking notice of the fan art and stuff, just like, you know, warm up doodles that I would do uh, before I would have to letter the next project or do something, you know, kind of in the morning as I'm having my morning coffee kind of thing. So um, when we get to the Ask Kevin Anything uh, part, um, I, flew, I get to ask him, you know, my question, he answers. And then I'm like, oh, so like before we go. Uh, I was wondering if I could show you some some fan art that I did. And I just kind of held up my phone right, right to the camera as I was like doing that. And he's looking at it. I'm like, oh, my God. He's like, that's gorgeous. And he starts, you know, gushing over the work. And uh, and he's like, are you posting that? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to follow you on Instagram. And he does. Uh. <laughs> So it, it's, it's it was really cool uh, to see um, or to to feel you know rewarded or to feel like it it really um, it, it felt really good um, to kind of feel validated by him um, for doing. Well, I'm uh, sure you know, it did. <laughs> so that's basically that's 2020 roughly. <clears throat> so uh, so it's been more of the same those you know that couple of years it's, it's kind of like the rinse and repeat you know um uh, you know um uh, being at home uh my wife was uh, also at home because she was on mat leave with our daughter so there was a lot of uh and the, the kids were home too because there was you know school was online um so it, it was it really was a groundhog day situation so that really gave me an opportunity to really just kind of take it all in and just take you know everything that kevin had to offer i just uh you know i took a bath with all that <laughs> it's like right um be, be, becoming the super fan the, the fan that i am now and now i can be 
you know that that person that can connect each movie or you know find the easter eggs and this and that now i am that person you know i absolutely am um so we get to calgary and um and i'm i'm there and uh, i see my buddy i'm staying with my buddy josh who is also part of teamwork he he also writes as well so getting to see him after a couple of years was really nice and uh, i got to stay with him and uh, his partner so they were very welcoming um and uh one of the big things or one of my my goals was to to meet kevin and, and the entire clerk's crew because they were all there that weekend it was kevin and jay and uh brian o'halloran jeff anderson and i think i think it was just those four that that went yeah. to calgary and yeah. so i was a guest so i uh i got to go there as a guest and i noticed on the back of my pass it said um oh uh, you're you know um you have line by bypass privileges and uh i'm like oh okay so i kind of uh so uh i asked um heather cooper um mm-hmm. who was uh, uh um one of the coordinators there or uh, for 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 fan expo and uh, i'm like yeah is it possible to go and see kevin smith and uh, she's like yeah uh we will we're, That's we'll why you, he's uh, at the table, dude. Go say hi. <laughs> yeah, and he's. It he says, yeah, like I, like I don't want to wait in line. And just like, can we go? And she's like, yeah, you can totally do that. So they got us. They uh, got me in a golf cart, and uh, they, they took us. Uh, took I say <laughs> us because there was there. It wasn't just me, uh, but they took me to the other building where where Kevin and the yeah. rest of the celebrities were, and um, and they escort us, uh, and we get to the there's a there's a concierge booth where you kind of buy the autograph ticket. And there was just this massive line that's, that's like wrapped around and it's, and um, it it was bonkers how big that line was. So we get to the concierge booth and Heather is like, Oh, we got a couple of uh, VIPs uh, that we're going to bypass. We're going to go say hi to Kevin. (laughs) And uh, hearing that out loud, like, Oh my God, this is happening. Um, so we get there and it's actually Jay and Kevin together and they actually enclosed the uh his table off completely. So they have the pipe yeah. and drape literally on all four sides. They did that at Fan so, Expo in Toronto too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. um so we go that we sneak in and like I guess the and the line was moving pretty fast. Like I think the like you're in and out like within like two or three minutes. Yeah. As you know, as, as that kind of tends to be the case. So um, I go there and I'm standing behind Heather and, you know, we're just kind of walking and then Jay was first and uh, I finally get to meet Jay in person and I'm like, shake his hand. And I, I had like a, one of my, my fan arts that that pulled up on my phone that he was also aware of through Instagram. And I kind of show him like, Hey, this is me. I'm Andrew Thomas. And, and he's like, Oh, that's you. And like, Hey, uh, I love your stuff, man. And it's just, it's awesome. And he, he, you know, he's uh, buttering me up like uh, like some <laughs> biscuit and um and and yeah so it's just like just kind of shooting the shit until i catch kevin's eye and then kevin looks at my phone and he recognizes the the piece as well it was one of the shirts that i did for him uh i guess i completely missed that story (laughs) yeah you made some shirts for him yeah (laughs) but i did yeah because because of the fan art they got me to do three shirts um for the chivery they have a kevin smith collection so anyway one of the shirts was the uh it was a back to the future homage but it was jane silent baba you know on right. the DeLorean. yeah um so they see it and kevin you know um 
notices it and he's like wait is that you like you're the fat man who letters which is my instagram handle right and and and, uh, i'm like yeah and he shakes my hand he's like is that what you do for a living and i'm like uh yeah and he goes well um a word we're i'm doing new comics uh, dark horse under secret stash press like do you want to do that for us some and it's just like it, it felt like frozen in time and i'm like oh my god he did not just ask it's, me to do that yeah <laughs> what kind of surreal moment that would be so confusing because like no offense you're a very talented individual but you're not the only letterer <laughs> in the world this guy meets how many people every day and you figure yeah. with the community he's in the second he considers the fact that he would need a letterer he could just, you know, reach into his like phone for the thousand letterer contacts that he must already have. But no, or he w- he waits yeah, till he's in he the middle just... of a show, hanging out with a fan, and says, "Hey, you better, <laughs> don't you?" That's so fucked up, man. <laughs> it is no, it is, and it's funny because he, yeah, you're absolutely right. He could have easily just asked Dark Horse. Um, you know, it's like, oh. Uh, who do you have who's your who are your letters on file or like who right? do you have you know yeah. on, your, on your roster and it, it and it was just so surreal and he's like yeah do you want to letter the comics and i'm like uh yeah <laughs> so um so he's like yeah okay like a couple of weeks i'm like uh someone from dark horse is gonna reach out to you amazing and, and there was a split second there was a split second hesitation that uh i'm like oh my god he's like the guy's a pothead he's gonna forget like he's so busy right now he's, he's gonna forget <laughs> right there was a little a little worry you know the you know um uh, in the back of my head like oh my god what if he forgets like so yeah you're like can and, we put this uh, in paper now <laughs> it was impossible to do like the guy i was right. like just as i'm talking to him like the i guess the bouncer or the security guys tapping me on the shoulders <laughs> like okay let's move it along move it along so um yeah that's that's how that happened and then and then um yeah sure enough uh a couple weeks later i get an email from he's like hey i'm the editor at uh, dark horse you know working with uh, working for kevin uh on his uh on his books and he wants you on his letter here's the contract and i'm like <laughs> oh my god so and it's funny at the time and i'm like oh so what is he giving me because he he announced he was doing two books he said he's right. gonna do an original one called masquerade uh and he then he, the second one was going to be quick stops which is tied into his uh view right. universe and um oh so i'm like oh which one which one does he want me to do and he goes he wants you to do both i'm like oh okay i will happily take it yeah there you go um, so amazing <laughs> yeah that, so yeah that happens and then it gets uh it gets better because so at first like i think the first issue of, of masquerade um uh there was there wasn't a lot of like there wasn't a lot of whole lot of notes yes it's a kevin smith script so it is kind of wordy um but uh not to like how it like he used to write it like he's definitely cleaned it up right. a, a lot like he's definitely gotten to the like the the meat uh of what he wants to tell in like in his scripts the way his style of writing um so he um uh, I lost my train of thought for a second, but yeah, Masquerade. He, um, the first issue, uh, I get notes from, um, from the editor. You know, he says just change this and this and that, like that, like that's it. That's that's all he wants. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, it, it it was a lot lighter than I was expecting. Um, so then when the time comes for, uh, for quick stops, 
I get another email from the editor and he goes, Hey, what's your phone number? Kevin wants to call you. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay. So actually it ended up being a text. Um, but he's like, Hey, how's it going? It's it's me, Kevin Smith. And I'm like, Hey, how's it going, Kevin? I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> fucked <bizarre."> up. <laughs> um, he goes, uh, he goes, I know you draw as well. Do you want to do the exclusive uh, secret stash um, cover for quick stops? And um, again, there I am in a, you know, frozen in, you know, in time. And, uh, and I, and I text him back exactly this. I'm like, uh, pardon my French, but fuck yes. <laughs> right. So and he, and he goes, excellent. He goes, start thinking of ideas, uh, you know, and, and shoot them my way. And like, when this is what we're, we're going to start, we're going to, Keep so is this of... a shop variant? Yeah, it's it's his shop variant. The James, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Jameson Bob's secret stash in Red Bank, New Jersey. It's his it's his his shop, and uh, it's the exclusive cover for that. Which uh, actually, I got my copies of them just yesterday. So it was. And, and um, they look great, man. They look fantastic. Like you did was, a bang you. up they, job. I yeah. was, yeah. So there was a. It was a lot of fun to just kind of going back and forth with him with different ideas. And like I, I gave him like different thumbnails, and we really played with the idea of what we what he wanted uh, um, from the cover. And uh, we went with this really cool uh, homage to Detective Comics. What issue was it? Forty. The first appearance of Robin. Right. So yeah. we did uh, his character Holden McNeil, and it's Blunt Man and Chronic on the cover. So it was a lot. I I really really happy the way it, it came out. But um, but yeah. Now instead of going through the editor for any of the projects that I'm working on uh over at Secret Stash, uh, it's just Kevin texting me directly, and he's like, oh, I just have a few notes, and it's always been very minor things. So I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like uh, I didn't expect it was going to be as chill as it was, and so um yeah and we're, we're already like i've already turned in the last i don't think it's the last one but it's we're already half we're at the halfway point of masquerade which is an eight issue uh run and i think quick stops i think this volume is only four issues which i'm currently working on right now so it's just like from there to here and i'm like we're already through most of it so it's just right. it, it's 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 yeah it's bizarre. you get to just sit back and watch them all roll out soon enough but i'm sure you'll be plate well your plate will be filled up with a whole bunch of other crap by then right <laughs> well i i mean I, I hope so i welcome it so it's that that's that that's really it is uh, here i am a i guess that i'm a i'm a comic book letterer and that's and, and that's you know i'm happy to be that and it also allows me to advocate for the position because a lot of people don't understand how much you know you know goes into comic book lettering and and uh and all the there's a lot of uh there's a lot to consider and there's a lot of um um i don't want to say a lot of tricks of the trade to learn but yeah there is there there's a whole you could teach a whole course on it and are I'm you getting sure a lot of demand has. now are you getting more demand like a lot more requests yeah, on my yeah. Oh yeah, my my to do list is is in the is currently in the double digits. Like I have a wait list now. That's how busy I got. Oh, I'm sure. It's also not just that you're good at it, but like just there's not enough people doing it. You know, there's not that, enough people a, who that's care exactly enough it, to yeah. do it. Between like like there's a handful of names of dependables, you know, and like the first one I was Justin Birch. That name always just flies off the top of my face because he's doing everybody's books, uh, you know, because there's just not enough guys out there doing it. It's, it's a skill that, that is, you know, desperately needed. 
Um, you know, I know Sam does a lot. Our good friend Sam Noir does a heck of a lot of lettering himself, right? Yeah. And uh, I think he just lettered Wormhole Club Tragedy for Becca Kinsey. I think All he right. Just, yeah, yeah, I think he just lettered that. But yeah, it's a it's a skill, kids. If it interests you in any way, you know what I was always interested in. I still kind of want to learn to do it. Um, I know it'd be a very like niche thing, but I have very good handwriting. Like I always mm-hmm. have. Like just like secretaries love me. Like teachers <laughs> always loved me. I just have this very clear, precise ability to print. And I always, you know, wanted to try to learn to do hand lettering for a comic because it's an art that's just going away. Like who hand letters comics anymore, right? Exactly. And uh, but still just like it's not something that I would want to do all the time, but it is something that I would like to try just for the fun of it sometime to see if I could kind of pull off. Because those guys who do hand letter, some of them, when you can't tell the difference between their work and digital work, have you ever tried hand lettering? No, I mean the, the the closest I've ever gotten to it was like I've created my own uh, dialogue font, so I, okay. I created my own type my own typeface, and it was, I, I think that was definitely the the, the step that I had to take uh, that I I can you know I convinced myself if I really want to take this this job seriously, then I've got to try that at least once because I've always had shit handwriting. I'm the complete polar opposite of you. Like it, oh, it's yeah. just <laughs> it, it's I it's ironic that someone with with complete shit hand you know uh, pen. It, it, it turns out to be a letterer um <laughs> even though even though it's all digital but um reading books you know like um uh, nate picos of blambot he recently put out a book last year uh called the essential guide to comic book lettering and it's become the the bible for us and it, and it is absolutely in depth and and streamlined um for all things for people who want to learn it but like one one of the things that it also it teaches is to to creating your own typeface and, and all the things that you have to consider when when doing that so i i'm you know i'm like okay well let me do this at least once you know and and i spent a couple weeks on it and right um and i i'm i'm you know, I, I think it, it could still be improved and maybe i'll, I'll do another pass for but for the uh you know for the most part, it, it it really worked. It worked out pretty well, uh, and I actually got to use it on Quick Stops. So that's my oh my, cool. My that's yeah, like that's I, cool, man. That's cool. And you know what? It all comes down to your hard work, man. It's a skill that you developed over time by by putting the effort in, and you know, having a, a work ethic that you know keeps you driving ahead and concentrating and focusing on your craft. And uh, kudos, man. Cause uh, look where it's got you, and that's yeah. fucking that's awesome, kids. Uh, that's the whirlwind uh, of the last decade that has been Andrew Thomas's life, basically. From <laughs> what you said about 2013, you went to your first Comic Con. Yeah. Here we are, a decade later, a about, decade later, and now yeah. you're fucking lettering for everybody's biggest hero. It's uh, <laughs> it's fucking awesome, man. I'm so proud of you. I know the the whole community uh, is incredibly proud of you. Um, you know, we didn't dive too much into certain reasons why I am so impressed and proud of you, but you've uh, you've endured some hardships, not necessarily of yourself, but involvement in organizations that have faced some hardships. Uh, yeah, and you've yeah. weathered some storms. And uh, that builds character, 
you know, and character that obviously Kevin Smith himself was able to see in you. So uh, for the last time, one big gush. Congratulations, Andrew. You're a good person, a good man, and you deserve absolutely everything coming your way these days. Oh, thank you so much, Jane. I mean, that really does mean a lot. And uh, I honestly, and I can't, I couldn't do this alone. I have there. I, there's a, it's kind of, I'm like, like about to, you know, give me the, uh, the, the thank you speech at an award show, but it's just like, there's so many people that, that, that have to be acknowledged, you know, for, for where I'm, you know, for where I am today. I mean, like, I don't get where I am, you know, without the encouragement of, of so many people, you know, the first person that comes really to mind is Joey. She's been and like she's one of my best friends that uh, that I've known since Gotham, and uh, and and yeah, she's just been like uh, she she's you know um, given me some solid advice, and and she's really helped me through some tricky you know situations, and uh, and she's oh, but she's always been you know front row center for me, like you know, always cheering me on, so. Uh, lots of love to Joey um, for all that, but yeah, it's just like, and for people like you who you know sit down and let us talk and and share the story, and you get to hear so many amazing stories and all these histories and experiences, and it's just it's it's a plethora of uh, of um, insight this community has, and and it's it's amazing, like it it really is. I'm so I'm so humbled and and fortunate to be among such talented people that that gives me the um hmm. you know helps me you know in in the in the right direction and vice versa now i get to mm-hmm. you know help people out that will want to do things like lettering or don't understand it i'm like okay well you know here's a, a tip or two passing so, on what you have learned man absolutely exactly and that you know is... i can do nothing but say here here when it comes to your words about joey uh i've been in the exact same situation very recently where she has helped me through some very very difficult situations and she's been one of the most supportive people in my life uh for the past little while so joey here's a love fest for you from me and andrew <laughs> we're just pouring we it, love you, pouring it it's it's just just audio love pouring through your speakers or your little airpods or whatever the hell you're listening through um Awesome, man. Can't excited. Uh, can't wait to see where everything else goes. Super excited. Uh, it's good times indeed. Everybody, Masquerade is already out. Uh, that series has began. You can go get it. Uh, and I believe today is the day, um, or is it tomorrow, is the day that Quick Stop drops? Uh, no, Quick Stop's already dropped. I think it was last week. Oh, it did drop last week. There yeah, you so go. it's already out. Go go out and grab it. It's a, it's an, It's a hoot. And, uh, you know, get to your shows and a lot of the local shops in Ontario uh, may still have copies of Auric uh, lying around or on the shelves. I don't know for sure. Lying around, but but get your hands on all that shit. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with us, my friend. Oh, thank you. It's uh, I mean, it was an absolute treat uh, to, to finally sit down and chat with you, man. Uh, we'll have you back lots more and we'll talk lots more fun things. Next time we'll just have maybe a good old uh, view askew geek out and uh, we can talk about our favorite things. Uh, but there you go, kids. This has been fun, hasn't it? It's been weeks and weeks of really, really good times. Um, and those good times are going to keep on rolling. I'm really hoping that the next episode, 422, will be that episode featuring you, Mr. John Delaney. 
John Delaney's been my Matt Damon for a little bit uh, because we've had a few conversations set up, but those deadlines keep coming in. And for some reason, you know, professional deadlines are more important than appearing on my podcast. I don't know why anybody would consider that a viable excuse. Uh, of course, I completely kid. Uh, John's a good dude. And uh, hopefully very soon we're going to get that conversation recorded. But we're trying very hard, kids. We're trying to nail that time thing down. Because also he's out in Kelowna, BC. Uh, so there's a three-hour difference that we're playing with. But uh, we'll get him on the show, kids. We're going to talk some Futurama. We're going to talk some Simpsons. We're going to talk some Voltron. It's going to be good times indeed. Uh, but for now... Andrew, thank you so much. Thank you. The kids, that is all we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Thank you, Luce.